Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Start your 2024 off right with some new clothes from Leon Tailoring. Something new, something tailor made, something ready made, or something custom made. They got the finest in men's and ladies' apparels, and they also take care of you as well. They've been around for almost so near 100 years and some change, and don't stick around that long unless you're getting it right. So get it over to Leon Tailoring. Tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, in downtown Indianapolis. So good first week, uh, starting to work through. Uh, we're gonna have a busy Monday as committee meetings ramp up, and uh, um, and obviously that means more stuff comes to the floor. So uh, we're working through Senate agenda bills, and they're working through our agenda bills, and then uh, just considering lots of other things. So trying to communicate across the hallway and and uh, get, get as smooth of an ending as possible. I told our team on uh, earlier today that beginning Monday the uh, the real uh, slog begins with long days and long days on the floor. So, uh, uh, but we'll work through it. So, Speaker, uh, in terms of folks maybe buying lawsuits, uh, a couple of bills, uh, one that would prohibit you know sort of Chinese hostile foreign governments from buying land in Indiana or agricultural land, and also the one the healthcare and like risk provisions. Both those are clearly kind of covered by the federal government constitution statute. Anywhere you may be buying litigation. I don't know, Abdul. I think we're working through uh, some of the issues around the farmland and trying to maybe work through some amendments to clean that up. On the ERISA, you know, there's litigation right now around ERISA, and uh, uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of states, including ours, that are considering, you know, uh, how you can get the information out of ERISA to make a more competitive environment. So potentially we might be uh, uh, engaged in litigation, I guess, but I think we would feel like that might be the right type of litigation to get the type of information that can make us better, make better health care decisions. Speaking of priority bills, um, it sounds like if 1002 is going to get through the Senate, it's going to get through the Senate with some changes. In your discussions with Senator Bray, are you confident that whatever changes the Senate might be exploring will still get to the end result that you're looking for? Well, we, we you know, actually I'm going to talk to Senator Bray about it early next week. We really haven't had a chance to talk and go through what, if any, changes they want to make, and we'll have those conversations. Obviously, priority bill for us and Chairman Jeter and, and uh, myself and others will talk to them, see what they're thinking, begin that communication. So you don't have a sense yet of what their hesitation not, is? Not really. Any word on if you guys are going to give the IEDC oversight bill a hearing? I think Chairman Thompson's taking a look at it and taking a look at the provisions and I, you know, has a good working relationship with Senator Buchanan, so I've not asked Chairman Thompson where he is on that yet. This is supposed to be a quiet session, uh, unassuming session. I'm um, hearing from a lot of folks in the hallway that it's anything but, and uh, so it's like maybe some twerking around the edges, but here like you know, major things that kind of coming through that sort of making the industry folks not too happy with you guys these days. <laughs> well, I would suggest that it depends on what we're doing and where they line up. Uh, you know, to some, I always say the best part of being in the legislature is to some you're not doing enough, and uh, to others you're, you're doing uh, way too much. So uh, I would suggest it's who you're talking to and what their specific issue is. I think it's been a, so far, relatively smooth session. Uh, you know, the next few weeks, it'll, it'll get busier, and, and I'm sure uh, there'll lot, be a lot more uh, discussions. What end date are you guys eyeing? Is it March 8th? I don't know. I mean, you know, look, I think there, everybody has a goal, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in goals of, of you know, it'd be nice if we could finish by March 8th, but we'll finish when we're, our business is done. In the gubernatorial primary, I am as neutral as neutral could be. What are you looking for in a candidate? 
You know, somebody has a vision for Indiana moving forward, right? That, that, that sees the sees the uh, vision of making Indiana, you know, building on the prosperity we, we have, the growth uh, that's taking place, and somebody that has a vision for taking, uh, you know, Indiana to, to kind of building on what we're doing and, and making it even better. And I'm pleased with, you know, the quality camps we have, and, and I've just said that I look forward to working with whoever our party selects uh, uh, after the primary. Speaking of election primaries, it looks like a lot of your House members or a specific number of your House members are going to have primary challenges this year. Any thoughts? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think this is just, it's, it's democracy. And, and it's, it's great that people uh, want to get involved and have uh, an opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, run a race. And, and from our side, I've always said I love campaigns. It's our time to go tell a message. It's our time to tell about all the great things going on in Indiana, fast-growing state population-wise in the Midwest, all the great economic activity, expansion of school choice, cutting in taxes, the things that we've done. So, so I, you know, I look at it as an opportunity and and uh, and uh, look forward to, you know, kind of getting to share that message with folks across the state. The, uh, the Attorney General's recently launched Eyes on Education program has garnered some criticism. Most recently, um, a few teachers' unions have come out against it. Can I get your thoughts and opinions on it? You know, I'll be honest with you. I saw the headlines about it. I've not been on the portal. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you I know what's on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've kind of been focused on my little world. Yeah. Senator oh. Deary's bill um, on tenure, it would give the Speaker of the House the ability to appoint someone to the Board of Trustees of public universities. What do you think about that, and how would you go about making those appointments? Yeah, I think we're... I think, you know, I heard that was quite a, a interesting uh, committee hearing yesterday, and uh, it was just outside my office, so I heard a little bit about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see when we get, we'll see how that bill shapes up and what, you know, uh, Chairman Boehning and the committee talk about how we move forward with that bill. We'll see. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, being a university trustee is an incredibly important job, and and uh, you need somebody that sees the, the financial acumen, the importance of the policies of the state. Look, higher ed is important in our state, and it's important that we uh, we have uh, great leaders and great universities. So we'll see if, if we if, I, if it ever gets to that point. I'm sure it'll be an uh, interesting conversation about who's interested and who isn't. House Rose, I think we have time for one more question. Uh, two questions. House Rose Transportation Committee, I was going to be hearing the blue line bill yeah. about the rapid transit lines. Uh, I know you said you maybe want to wait till next year to have that conversation when we look at sort of roads funded more constructive, more comprehensive manner. Uh, any thoughts on that? Number two, any idea what that big thing is going to be that totally throws the apple cart around here? Because it's about that time of year for that stupid thing to happen again. Well, give us time. I don't see it, but, but you know, I, I, I tell our team all the time, like, you know, we'll adjust on the fly. Look, on the, on the blue line, I, I think I've been pretty consistent. But I think, you know, if this Marion County, elected officials in Marion County want to have a conversation about uh, the, the road funding, I think, in my opinion, Washington and, and Meridian Street should be part of that conversation. That being said, I've had a, I've met with local representation from the uh, city council, uh, county, city county council uh, that represents the Washington Street area. I've, I've met with Representative Johnson, who's a terrific member uh, of the House. Uh, I've had tons of conversations, and I, I just keep learning more. And, and I think one of the things that 
that that I keep saying is like I want to delay the discussion around who owns Washington Street. What's interesting is is that you hear that takes the potential like somehow dedicated lanes is the only way we can get the funding. That's just simply not true. It is just simply not true. They can they can apply for the grant with shared lanes. Um, they may be scored slightly lower. And as I've reminded those people that the United States Secretary of Transportation actually resides from the state and is of the political party of most of the people that, that are the big advocates for this. And and obviously Congressman Carson. So, But, but the idea that this project can't move forward and particularly what they're most concerned about, and I understand this, is $150 million of federal money that would go for infrastructure improvements. That's part of that grant that they want to apply for. They do not have to have a dedicated lanes proposal to, to be able to receive that grant or to apply for that grant. So so I think, you know, we keep learning more. We'll keep having conversations and, and uh, a lot of confidence in Chairman Pressel and, and how he'll manage it. Mr. Speaker, I think the concern, though, is like if they with further delays, they get bumped up into the next tier that does require dedicated lanes for the federal funding. Well, there's a, so it's a 400. By, by the way, the numbers of this have shifted dramatically. Yes, a few years ago, it was, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of million dollars more. Uh, and we could only get the money if we were dedicated lanes. It's just not true. I mean, you know, and, and so, the, yes, the total project cost, I think, is 372 of the 150 would be federal. The other remaining would be local. And again, like, you know, it, it would raise $28 million, But ironically, through the years, they've actually shifted the total number down. So, so uh, uh, it's been a little frustrating with the, the information that's come. We're trying to learn more. And, uh, but, but the idea that, well, now, well, you know, uh, you know inflation is going to push us up. I mean, look, they've had a ton of time to sort through this. And, 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 and uh, it's been quite a windy road to get there. And I don't think because of any ill will or I don't want to you know, say anything like that. But, but, you know, the facts are the facts. And the facts are it's a $372 million project right now with dedicated lanes. If they move the shared lanes, I'm not sure that wouldn't even reduce the cost. But the, the key thing is, is that they can apply with or without both. And all I'm saying is if you want to apply, just make sure you're not taking options off the table for us if we were to take Washington and Meridian Streets back. So, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.